had the opportunity to speak with Chris Wethington of the band The Difference Between over Zoom video. Chris is also in the band Softspoken, so we talk about his entire musical journey. Born in Kentucky, raised in Kentucky, ended up moving to Japan for a few years after he graduated from college, uh, got into guitar at an early age. His brother is 11 years older than he is, so his brother was listening to you know The Cure and Nirvana and, and all these uh, cool 90s, 80s, 90s bands. And Chris wanted to be like his older brother, so he was also influenced by those those same artists and ended up picking up guitar. Chris talks to us about uh, some of the earlier bands he was in, eventually joining Softspoken when he moved back from Japan, the successes they've had, and how the difference between started as a project between just Cody Frayne of Ascent Like Wolves, the drummer of that band, and himself sending tracks back and forth. They ended up writing some really cool songs, getting Chris Roberts to sing on the on the album. He was in Corsets Are Cages, which eventually turned into Amorosa. So he's the vocalist on the record. So we talk about all the new music that is coming out with The Difference Between. You can watch our interview with Chris on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with the difference between. So this podcast is about your journey in music and uh, obviously the new band and how you guys started started and, and what you have going on now. Um, mm-hmm. You're also, are you still in Softspoken or not in that band anymore? Yes, yeah, I am still in Softspoken. Okay. Do you mind touching on that? I know it's part of your journey. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure how. Uh, sometimes people don't want to talk about other bands, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm awesome. I'm pretty much open about whatever you want to ask me. So. <laughs> Sweet, that works out. Awesome. So first off, then, where were you born and raised? I was born in a small little town called Verona, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, it's it's about thirty minutes south of Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, I'm in Verona now, actually at my parents' house. Um, so kind of have I've traveled abroad and stuff, but still living close to home right now that's nice that's cool yeah awesome so south of cincinnati um mm-hmm. i have family in cleveland so I was just, okay yeah so you're kind of, and then now i'm in nashville so i'm kind of in the center between, yeah, yeah. <laughs> between the yeah. two of you that's yeah. cool what was it like growing up there it's good uh very i mean you know a very small country town um like my graduating class in high school had 80 people maybe um oh my gosh. so you know, everybody kind of knows it's grown a lot lately, but everybody kind of knows each other's names. You know, you go to like, uh, Kroger is our like local supermarket. And yeah. I'll see people I know and stuff. Um, so that it's been a very like good communal feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think, you know, I always think it's important to get out of your hometown and experience something else to like broaden your view of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's definitely that aspect of the town, but you know, I had a, I had a great childhood growing up and I love the area still. So that's really cool. And 80 yeah. people. Wow. My graduating class yeah. of 1200. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. That's cool yeah. though. Uh, well, how did you get into music? Um, so my, I guess my first intro to music was my older brother. Um, he's, he's like 11 years older than I am. So, um, when I was a kid, he was into like Nirvana, the cure, um, smashing pumpkins. So I kind of grew up listening to that cause that's what he was listening to. And that got me into like rock and stuff. And, and he played in a band. He's still, he's a engineer. He has like a recording studio and stuff now. 
Right. Um, so, so that kind of got me into it. I, initially, I guess I wanted to be like him. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I had friends who were into music and it just kind of continued from there. Rad. Wow. 11 years that my sister and I are 11 years apart, but okay. I'm the yeah. older, the older okay. one. So it's yeah. funny talking to her because she like vaguely remembers me living at home and, and right. because by the time I was 18 and going to college, I was gone and she was, you know, seven, eight years old at that time. Right. I, I'm, I, I'm curious to know, like, do you remember your brother living at home or like, was that? Yeah. I mean, was it weird trying to say, like, I mean, you obviously were influenced by what he was doing and everything, but it's just interesting because the, the age gap is so big. Yeah. I'd like I, to hear your end of it. Just, just yeah. ask my sister, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. He, um, I, it's like, I'm not sure if it's actually memories or just like old pictures that I see that have made memories in that sense. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I do have some memories of being at home and then, um, like he moved, like when he turned 18, he moved to New York city, uh, and went to school up there for recording and stuff. And then he, he came back and lived at home again for a period of time when I was a bit older. So I feel like I remember yeah. that more, you know, sure. than when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, my brother's awesome. I, you know, he's, we have a really tight knit family in general. So that's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. So he got you into music. What was the first instrument you learned? So I actually, the first thing I ever had was a drum kit. Um, when oh, I was, wow. you know, four or five, uh, but I quickly switched to guitar cause that's what he plays. Um, and you know, I'm actually like ambidextrous, but I do a lot of things left-handed and he was the one that told me like, no, you want to play right-handed cause it'll be easier, you know, long-term. <laughs> oh, so, really? Uh, so you started off yeah. trying to play lefty. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Like my natural inclination is to do everything left-handed. Um, but yeah, he told me he worked at a guitar store. He's like, it'll be easier for you. You know, when you're older, you'll thank me for making you do this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but <laughs> you thank him. Or do you, she went lefty. No, I, I do. Yeah. Lefty guitars are harder to find and they're more expensive. So <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, but so you went to guitar pretty soon and uh, were you mm-hmm. in a band any, or anything like that growing up? I mean, 80 people in your graduating class, it must yeah. have been hard to find other musicians. I don't know. Was yeah. It? Like kind of, I, I wasn't really in a band, you know, in the traditional sense until I was 17 maybe. Um, and there were two guys old, like a year older than me. Um, actually Garrett, who's in the difference between, um, is one of those guys that I was in my first band with. Uh, and they, we all went to the same high school and we we're in like high school bands together mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of found out that we, you know, at the time we were really into like devil wears Prada and like the bands of the scene. And we were like, let's write music like that. You know? So I think it, my actual band experience started when I was like 17. Okay. And then did you end up going away to college or did you start? Is that when, when did stop spoken became, become like, cause he was in that band as well with you, right? Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, our first band, which is how we met, you know, Chris, uh, vocal Chris and difference between back then, uh, we played for like three or four years and, uh, you know, did pretty well in the MySpace era oh, okay. and then, and then kind of broke up, uh, because of college, you know, we all like a couple of the members moved to go away to college and stuff. Was Chris um, in that band as well with you guys or no? No. So Chris, um, back then, this was like, I'm 32. So this was like 12 years ago or something. Sure. Um, he, at the time, like when I first met him, he was in a band called Corsets Are Cages, uh, which became Emerosa. Emerosa, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, like after he left, they changed their name. But, uh, and then he was in another band after that called The Revival Sound. But we played a lot in our respective bands in the Kentucky oh, area. Oh, okay. You played in like 
played shows and stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. So we were in the same like local scene together. Um, and that's where we first met him. And Garrett back then played drums in the band that I was in. Um, so yeah, we did that for a bit. And then I kind of jumped around, you know, started a couple of other bands here and there that didn't really work out that well. And then, uh, and then I actually kind of took a break from music when I finished college. I think a lot of people that at least go to college, like kind of have that moment where you get out of college, like, okay, well, what do I do now? You know? Right. Right. Um, so I definitely had that moment and, um, I decided I was going to take a break from music and, uh, I moved to Japan was my solution. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Did you go yeah. to college for, for music or no? No, I didn't. Um, okay. I was, uh, actually a history major and, uh, and my what focus was Japan. Was it Japanese? Were you, was that one of your focus? Sorry, I cut you off. But. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. I, uh, I studied East Asian studies was like my minor. Okay. Um, and then I took, so kind of a weird way that this all connects the bassist of the first band that I was in. Um, he got really into Japanese and was like, you know, let's start taking Japanese with me and we can like talk. Nobody will know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay. So, so I'd start taking Japanese and uh, I don't know. I just kind of like, I guess I don't like, like to brag about myself. I can kind of figure out languages easy. I feel like, like that's it's like cool. A puzzle. That's a cool it's skill like, to have. Cause that's um, totally opposite of me. I lived yeah. in San Diego my whole life next to the border and my Spanish is like, I can understand it yeah. to, a, to a degree, but like regurgitating it back. And like a lot of my friends picked it up, like, you know, easily. And for me, it was, it's so difficult for me to learn yeah. another language. So people that can do that, I'm like very, I mean, it's, that's rad. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, I don't know. I just always see it as like a puzzle, I guess. And there's a way to figure it out. But, um, so I started studying Japanese and then, um, when I finished school, I, uh, I took a trip over there and, um, just on a whim, there was like this, uh, English, um, uh, like teaching company kind of, that was like doing hiring, like, mm -hmm. uh, interviews, you know, open interviews. And I was like, I'm going to go see, you know, just see what happens. Like as I was on vacation and, uh, and I got back home after vacation and they emailed me or like, Hey, we want to hire you. And I was like, okay. So I just kind of decided to move to Japan. Move to Japan. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I lived there for like a little under four years. Really? And, um, what was it like adapting to the culture and everything? Because some people move there, you know, in the military sense where they get to live on the base, but you're right. You got to like really be in it. So, yeah, uh, I think where I was going, I was when I was in college here, um, I when I was taking Japanese lessons. I got connected with some Japanese families that um, that had moved to this area. There's a lot like in the Cincinnati area for like automotive companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I started tutoring those families in English. So I got like, I made a really good like relationship with one of those families and they lived in the city that I ended up moving back, like moving to in Japan. So, um, adapting to Japanese life wasn't super hard. Cause I kind of had like a family in a sense there mm -hmm. already when I moved there. So that was, uh, it was different for sure. You know, it's like, I kind of knew the language, but I learned when I got there, I didn't know it as much as I thought I did. <laughs> right. So, I'm sure there's slang and, and like, yeah. you know, traditional sense of learning this, reading it through a book or whatever is much right. different, I'm sure, than being totally immersed in it. Yeah. So I definitely had those moments where I just like sounded like a total idiot, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's how you learn. So, sure. <laughs> but, uh, cool. but yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, and so when I was there, 
I wasn't playing music at first and then I got kind of sucked back into music. Um, I played in a band over there for a little bit. Uh, it was like a pop punk band, um, that I had a friend that played in and they were like, Oh, we need a guy to play guitar. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, and then that band got, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you guys, did you guys sing in Japanese? No. So the singer was from Australia. So it was on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but the other members were all Japanese and uh, that band was signed to a label in Tokyo. And we just kind of did our thing for a little bit. Uh, But then, you know, I had some, uh, like I mentioned, my family is really tight, like extended family, aunts and uncles and stuff also. And a few of my dad's uh, siblings, like my aunts and uncles passed away while I was over there. And uh, I just kind of felt like I needed to come back home. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And uh, and that's kind of when soft spoken started. Okay. When you got back home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have had some incredible success as soft spoken. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've done pretty well, you know, for uh, being an independent band. Pretty happy with what we've been able to do. Yeah, and how did that kind of start moving? Like, did you get put on like a bigger tour? Like, how how did that band kind of get off the ground? Yeah, so um, I guess like at first when we first uh, when I first moved back, my goal with that band was to like do it right. Was you know which in hindsight, there were a lot of things that I didn't do right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I wanted to do everything properly from the start, take time, write the right songs, go to the right producer, release things with the right marketing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think um, I spent as much time as I could to like learn how the industry works so that I knew what I needed to know before, like before we were at a point to need a manager or a team or whatever, I, you know, I recognized that I needed to know that stuff myself. So I think a lot of the growth of the band was from me learning and by extension, the other guys also learning and I was just like pushing as hard as we could. And, uh, I don't know if I would say there's one like standout tour necessarily that, Mm -hmm. that pushed us over the edge. I think it's just been like five years of, of grinding and trying to like, I mean, we've invested a lot of our own money into it and Mm -hmm. just trying to like continue pushing it as hard as we can. That's cool. And what, what, uh, was the reason to start the difference between and how it must be hard to run two bands? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, like soft spoken, they're kind of similar stylistically. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I try to keep them as different as I can, but soft spoken, you know, we kind of, uh, in terms of our sound, especially with our most recent EP, we're kind of going into like, I call it like modern core kind of like octane, areas kind of you know where we're going um and i think where soft spoken is it's like we uh in a sense there's a pressure to like maintain the quality so there's like when we sit down to write it's a lot more of like a strategic thinking you know like okay we have to make song make sure the song fits this certain expectation in a way Mm -hmm. um and there's still like a creative aspect of it but it's much more like there's also a business side of it, I guess, is how I would say it. Um, with this so the band, more is, so with this band or more so with Soft Spoken? With Soft Spoken, sorry. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, and then this band, you know, initially, like I've been friends with Cody for a long time. Um, we met when his other band, Ascent Like Wolves, toured with Soft Spoken in 2017. Oh, and, okay. uh, and so we've always kind of chatted about like just doing a side project thing. And then, you know, last year when the industry was shut down, and we weren't really doing anything. He, uh, he sent over just like basically a whole song of drums and was like, Hey, see if you can, you know, write something cool to this. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, what I wrote was like this Norma Jean sounding kind of song. 
And I was like, this is pretty cool, man. Like we should, we should keep going with this and see what else we can do. So it kind of was just like a, like a release, I guess, a creative release for both of us. Um, mm -hmm. And like the style of difference between is much more kind of old school post hardcore, which is what comes naturally to me. Like I don't have to think about how to write it. I'm just writing it. Mm -hmm. So it's much more just like a, I'm just going to get it out kind of creative process, I guess. So this whole project started over COVID. It sounds like, or yeah. like quarantine. Yeah. Wow. And then, so how did the rest of the record come together and how did you end up getting, you know, uh, Chris to, to sing on the album or to join mm -hmm. the band? Like, how did it all kind of come together? Yeah. So I think Cody and I really started writing, uh, it was, I think it was like November maybe of last year. And then, uh, we got, we had our demos done, you know, like Cody will just program drums, send it to me. I'll, I'll record at my house. Uh, and then I've, like I said, I've known Chris for 12 years, 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, you know, he's kind of been out of the scene for most of that time. You know, he hasn't been actively in bands and like touring and playing shows, but he, uh, he, I see him posting like some of his own stuff, like on SoundCloud, you know, he'll do acoustic songs or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just kind of hit him up. I was like, Hey man, like I see you've been posting stuff lately, like check out this band. Like I'd love to get your voice on it. And, uh, he was really into it. So, you know, it was just kind of me reaching out to him and, uh, and he was down. So <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So with, with this band, I mean, you have a, you put out a full record, right? Or, you have uh, it's just, or, or no, it's just, yeah. So we, uh, kind of mistakenly, we called it an EP. It's actually just two songs with the interlude. <laughs> so oh, okay. I guess technically it's a single, like a three track single. Okay. With Venom, that's the, what the whole project. Uh, so the full one piece of it. Yeah. The full like single is called detach in Venom. Okay. And then there's two singles called detach and in Venom. Got and then, it. And, okay. And interlude. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. rad. So the, and this was put together over quarantine and you're mm -hmm. doing, and all you've also with soft spoken did a, a, a cool cover of the Paramore in a fun yeah. song. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you've been working what bet between the two bands. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like, so that cover actually, we've had that done for like a year. Uh, oh really? <laughs> we just, yeah. We just, we had our like soft spoken had our EP cycle um, that we just kind of got put out in May uh -huh. and we didn't, we didn't want to break it up you know, with a cover. So we just kind of waited until, until it was out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on. So, right on. but so right now, difference between, um, those first two songs we recorded, uh, I think in March maybe. Um, uh, but we've actually, we had like 10 songs written, um, when we went in in March and then we just finished in June recording another five songs for like an actual EP. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so right now the difference between is kind of chilling. And I'm kind of in soft spoken writing mode is where my brain is, but okay. Yeah. And you guys are doing a tour and, or some, at least some shows coming up, right? With soft spoken. Yeah. So we have a show to, uh, tonight <laughs> actually oh, wow. uh, is our first show back. Um, so we're playing, I don't know if you're familiar with the band varsity. Um, and it's, another band called sounds familiar. Another band called wake at last They're We're opening for their show tonight. That is right. And it's going to be your first yeah. time playing live in what a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so wow. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That must, that I'm sure you're pretty psyched or nervous. At yeah. All. Um, not really. I might be a little bit when we get there, you know, just shaking off the rust a little bit, but right. Yeah. We, uh, we had a practice last night and 
everything seemed to be going well. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. And yeah. what about the difference between, are you guys going to get a live show together and play, play, or is it just still going to be sort of a, you know, side project in the sense of just writing, recording music? Yeah, we, we definitely want to, to play like when we can, uh, there's just like logistics, uh, like all of us, except for Cody, the drummer live in Kentucky. Cody lives in Pennsylvania, like eight hours away. So, oh wow. um, so like when we've recorded, you know, he'd take like a week off work and come down and track and then drive home kind of thing. So, so we're just trying to like, you know, we definitely want to play a show, but we want to make it worthwhile, you know, mm -hmm. like it might not be worth it for him to drive down for just some run of the mill show. Um, mm -hmm. So we're just trying to like figure that out. You know, he's talked about moving to Kentucky, so we'll see if that happens or not. But, um, but yeah, I mean, definitely we want to, but there's no solid plans for a show yet. Gotcha. Rad. Well, that's awesome that you're doing a show tonight. And then it looks like you have some more dates coming up uh, as well with soft spoken. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. And thanks for doing this, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully Chris <laughs> feels better. I mean, that sucks to come down yeah. with something like that. For sure. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, I don't know if, you know, if you guys, if you specifically wanted to talk to him and have questions with him, you know, we can reschedule and get that figured out too. No, this has been great. I love talking with cool. you. This has been cool. And um, I have one more question for you though, before I let you go, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Um, so like outside of the bands that I'm in, I, uh, I'm also an artist manager. Um, and then Cody and difference between and I, we have a label. So I kind of have my hands in a lot of different oh, baskets. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that band varsity I mentioned earlier, actually I managed them. Um, and I, I manage a couple other bands, like the biggest band on the roster, uh, is I set to kill. Um, I'm not their direct manager, but I work, you know, with them. Um, so to your question, I guess my biggest piece of advice is to learn as much as you can on your own. And um, definitely don't be afraid to ask people for their input or their opinions um, or advice. It's like, it's always better to learn as much as you can and then apply what you learn against your own testing in a sense, you know? So like, you're never really gonna learn unless you have the experience yourself. Just the same as when I went to Japan, I didn't really learn Japanese until I lived it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I would say the same with music. Like you can, you can read as many blog posts as you want about the best way to release a song or the best way to go on tour. And it's good to be prepared, but you don't really know until you make the mistakes. So, you know, study and learn. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of a no, um, because that's just a chance for you to grow from that spot is my biggest piece of advice.